Bond. James Bond. Can I do something for you, Mr. Bond? Uh, just a drink. A martini, shaken, not stirred. I'm working for... Mr. Smith and Weston. And you've had your six. Welcome back to the Essential Films Podcast, a podcast devoted to the discussion of the greatest movies ever made or the Essential Film. I'm Anolfo Costa, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Mark Espinosa. How are you doing today, Mark? Pretty good, my man. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, now, for those wondering uh, why we're not doing Chinatown on this episode, that episode is coming out soon, uh, but uh, we decided to spend a little time discussing... Um, the legendary actor that we just lost uh, on October 31st of this year, uh, Sir Sean Connery. Uh, we decided to do a little mini episode on, on uh, you know, his his career and what we, uh, how we how we remember him, how we will how we experience Sean Connery, things like that. Uh, and then the following episode after this will be Chinatown. Um, but uh, this this is kind of a a tribute to Mr. Connery himself. Yeah, it's just going to be, you know, us talking about Sean Connery, looking back on his career and he, the influence that he's had on us uh, as film fans and just talking about his legacy. I mean, and he's left an indubitable legacy uh, in the world of entertainment, mostly film, but uh, his uh, he will be missed. And that's putting it lightly. Yeah, um, he uh, he was a guy that, that worked with uh you know, a, a long, he had a long career. He did famously kind of retire in 2003. Um, and so he hasn't actually been actively working in the last 17 years. Um, but he he had a, war, uh, a career that lasted well, at least 50 years. Let me see. Um, probably 60 years, probably, if we, if we, you know, took it all to see. I know it was in the 50s he started, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. So yeah, he worked in six different decades. So um, he was born in uh, on August twenty fifth, nineteen thirty. He, he, as we said, he just died on October thirty first of this year. His uh, his it, cause of death was not announced, uh, at least for as far as my research could tell. But I mean, he was ninety years old, so uh, you know, when you're ninety, there can be a lot of different health complications you could have at that age. Right. All I gotta say is. We first got the news. I mean, you and I were texting back and forth when it happened. It was just immediately just such a huge loss, not just for us personally, because we're, we're, we're big fans of Sean Connery, but just for the, the film community in general and for the world in general, because that, <laughs> that guy was a great human being. But uh, but yeah, um, it, it's a career that spans years and years and years. And I really only got to know Sean Connery because of my mother. Like Sean Connery was like, my mother's crush for a very, very long time. And what's funny about that is that even when I was like coming of age and I was getting into like, you know, the James Bond movies, like for example, you know, for me, my first Bond movie that I can remember was Goldeneye on that comes to mind when you think of, you know, your first Bond movie or the first Bond movie that was really uh, kind of while you were conscious of movies and all that. 
my mother always swore up and down. I was like, nope, Sean Connery is James Bond. Sean Connery's that's not James Bond. Sean Connery's James Bond. <laughs> that's just how it was, you know, with the, uh, you know, with our parents, our grandparents. You know, Sean Connery was James Bond for a long time. And he's, you know, you can still argue that he's probably still the greatest James Bond. I mean, I'm not going to argue because he there's no argument. He is the greatest James Bond. Um, there, I mean, every actor that's played James Bond has brought their own spin to it. Um, but at the end of the day, John Connery will forever be James Bond. It, to me, it's 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 a role that, while others have played the role, um, he will always be the role. Um, much like uh, to me, Christopher Reeve and Superman, uh, or um, you know, uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man. Uh, he he is a character. He's an actor that is so tied with that role that yes, other people are going to play that role, but he will always be the, the the prototype. He'll always be the blueprint. He will always be the uh, the aspir- what you aspire to be. Um, and again, like kind of like you said, so Pierce Brosnan was your first James Bond. My James Bond was Roger Moore. That's the that's the Roger Moore was the the James Bond I grew up with. I didn't see a Sean Connery James Bond until I was like 16 or so. Um, I'm not sure if you remember. I think around 1995 or 1996, they they released like all the Bond movies on, on VHS and like on these like really special edition VHS uh, tapes and. Um, like for Christmas one year, my mom like got me all the Sean Connery James Bonds as like a as like a gift set. Um, so I think it was that ninety five Christmas. So um, that was whenever I first saw like I basically binged um, all I believe there's six or seven uh, uh, James Bond Sean Connery movies, and then that's whenever I changed my mind to oh yeah, this is the guy. This is who James Bond really is. Yeah. And I loved Roger Moore. I, like you said, Roger Moore was my James Bond, but Sean Connery, but I, you know, but that's because like, to me, he was my contemporary James Bond because the first Bond I saw was, I believe was uh, A View to a Kill. No, yeah, A View to a Kill in 1985, which is actually uh, Roger Moore's last Bond movie. Um, but then I, you know, went back and watched the, you know the the previous Roger Moore movies, but then, uh, yeah. But to me, that was my James Bond. But after that, like Sean Connery was was the James Bond. So um, it's a role that he's forever going to be tied to. Um, I don't think he's. But interestingly enough, like I don't think he was ever embarrassed by the role. Like you know, like some people were. You know, about something that they're you know forever linked to. Um, but he he was always you know, perpetually James Bond on screen, I think. Absolutely. And yeah, again, the thing about Sean Connery is that, yeah, he's so forever tied to James Bond, like you were saying, but he has such a diversified portfolio and such a diversified career that you can't just tie him to James other great roles that he brought to life. Other than James Bond, the the three movies that I always that always came to mind whenever I think of Sean Connery because of my mother because again like she was such a huge Sean Connery fan 
uh, was first The Hunt for Red October. That's one of her favorite movies as well. Uh, first Night, believe It's just taping a first night from pay-per-view that we ordered because of my mother because she wanted to watch that movie because of Sean Connery. And The Rock, which, I mean, it's The Rock, man. That's a great movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 I have something to say about each one of those films, but before we do, like, it, it is interesting that, like, we, we have... Um, he had a, such a long career, not not just as James Bond. Like I said, he, he had a very diverse portfolio. Um, he worked with, like, so many different directors. He worked with Hitchcock. He worked with John Huston. He worked with Michael Bay. He worked with Steven Spielberg. He worked with Sidney Lumet. He worked with uh, Brian De Palma. You know, like, these are some... Uh, I mean, even, I know we can say all we want about Michael Bay, but these are some very big names in, in the industry like he any work with all of them exactly like again you know he's he's worked with so many people and has such a long career that you know it's just kind of just speaks to his lasting power in hollywood like i mean he he's he was the man for a while yeah so um so you were saying that uh he, he wasn't your first james bond what was your first Sean Connery movie? What was the first movie you saw um, with Sean Connery in it? It could have been, it could be like something you rented, or it could be something you saw in the theater. What was the first movie you saw that was Sean Connery? Oh, uh, again, I have to say I don't, rem I don't remember this first viewing very much because I was only like five years old. But The Hunt for Red October, like I mm -hmm. said, that's the first movie that that the. In that movie poster is the first thing I remember now when I think of Sean Connery. Because that's the first memory I have as a kid of just seeing his face was on the poster for The Hunt for Red October. And it was a movie that, again, like it's one of my mother's favorite movies. She just – she loves that movie. She loves Sean Connery. And I don't remember that my first viewing that much, obviously, because I was, I was so young. But on subsequent viewing, it's like I've grown to appreciate how, just how great that movie is. I mean it's a, it, it's a really fun movie when you think about it. And it's really well acted. You know, Sean Connery, obviously, just kind of stealing. Uh, but you got, you know, Alec Baldwin, James Earl Jones, Sam Neill. Everybody's just so great in this. And, I mean, it's the, uh, I think it's the quintessential 90s Sean Connery movie, I think. And then, obviously, after that, like I mentioned before, uh, First Night is the second thing I really think of when I think of Sean Connery. Only be And it's funny because you'd think I'd say, like, Indiana Jones. But the Indiana Jones I really didn't get to until I was a little older. Like, I knew those movies existed, but it never really interested me until, like, I was maybe high school age, where I started kind of going for those old movies, like Indiana Jones. And that's when I first saw the tr the original trilogy, and and I got to see Sean Connery in, in The Last Crusade. But, like I said, the first two, Hunt for Red October and First Night, are the first two I think of when I think of Sean Connery. Yeah, um, The Hunt for Red October is a great film, um, and it's such a good... It's a it's a film that um, the first time I saw it wasn't actually in 1990 when it came out. It was actually whenever I was uh, probably 22, no, 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 probably like 20 or 21 years old uh, in film school um, because it was uh, a, it was like the first film we saw in one of my classes. Um, 
because the teacher basically was like, we're going to start off with the hunt for October because it's a film that is, I'm not, he's like, I'm not saying it's the best film of all time, but I'm saying it's a perfect film in the sense that everything, all the elements work together perfectly in this film from the direction to the acting, to the editing, to the sound design, to the uh, visual effects, to the costuming, to the art department, everything. And he was like, there's not the, everything in this film absolutely works perfectly as an entertainment popcorn film. And like you need to you, those are just that's just as important to see as as it is like, you know, other art films. So uh, that was the first time I actually saw it. And it was it's such a thoroughly entertaining movie. And yeah. when you think about um, when you th- when you start stuff to think about it, it's Sean Connery playing a Russian <laughs> um who doesn't really attempt really a Russian accent. I mean, he does a little, but it's not too much, not too much. And yeah. it still works. Like it's still a hundred percent works. Um, the movie's super, you know, uh, tense. Like there's a lot of suspense that builds the whole time, but like his interactions with, like you said, Sam Neill, his interactions with Alec Baldwin, with Tim Curry, you know, it's a action packed cast. And, but it's also like, Sean Connery is the star of that movie. Like he's, he, he commands that entire film. Um, it's, it's so amazing to watch, you know, just the way he kind of just takes control of everything, you know, just as an actor, he commands that screen so well. Exactly. Um, we're going to talk about some of the other movies you mentioned, but I'm going to go, I'm going to talk about the, the first movie I saw him in. And that would actually be Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That was the first time I ever saw Sean Connery act. Like, I knew who he was, like, just by reputation. But Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade was the first time I actually ever saw him. Um, and I always knew he was supposed to be James Bond because I had heard so much about him being James Bond. But as you, as you know from Last Crusade, he's not exactly playing the action hero in that movie. He's playing the... Uh, He's playing the professor. He's playing someone, a very, someone very studious, who's like been dragged into this adventure, and he very much, and you know, he very much disapproves of his son's kind of like wild, adventurous ways, you know. Um, but and it's funny because Spielberg originally cast him because he kind of joked, "Well, who could play?" Indiana Jones's father. Well, James Bond should be Indiana Jones's father, and that's a funny. It's funny because that 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 works. That tracks. But I just find it amusing also that he doesn't play the action hero in this movie. He plays a like he plays it like a professor, right? You know, and what I love about Last Crusade as well is again, I mean, it's amazing how Harrison Ford is the lead he's Indiana Jones, but then Sean Connery comes along and he just kind of, again, keeps stealing his thunder. And I don't think it's intent intentional on the part of Sean Connery to Harrison Ford, but it's just, that's just how Sean Connery is. He's just this larger than life guy. I just, every time he shows up, every time you see him, he just takes control of the space that he's occupying and he becomes the focal point. It's just, it's two actors have that ability and he just, he was such an expert at that. And what's so amusing about that is that even though you on screen, you could see Sean Connery and you could see Harrison Ford and you totally buy. Yeah, that's his dad. 
Sean Connery is only 12 years older than, than Harrison Ford <laughs> when that movie was, well, I mean, at any point, but the, but he yeah. was only, because uh, Sean Connery was born in 1930, Harrison Ford was born in 1942, so uh, it's just really amusing that, that they cast him as his dad. Um, but yeah, so that was the first time I ever saw him, and again, I, and I saw that in the theater, uh, and, and uh, the, I think it's the first... Yeah, it was definitely the first Indiana Jones movie we ever saw in the theater. So uh, it was, you know, it, on top of it being like a fun Indiana Jones movie, like I came out of it thinking how funny and 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 great uh, Sean Connery was in that film. But yeah, he was he was the first. That was the first Mike's first experience of Sean Connery. And again, it's funny too because when Goldeneye comes out, and again, that's again that's my first ex- exposure really to James Bond. I don't really remember watching any of the other Bond films before just knowing about Goldeneye because Goldeneye just kind of fascinated me just with the marketing and then obviously with the N64 game. And whenever my, I think the first time, I'm trying to remember the first time that my mother kind of butted in and she goes, nope, Sean Connery, that's James Bond. That, you know, <laughs> Sean Connery. And I'm like, Sean Connery, the guy from First Night, that guy is like almost like I couldn't believe. It. But that was just my, my dumb, like, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-old self. Saying the guy from First Night, that was James Bond. <laughs> it's just, it just, it's just so funny how, like, when you're that young and you just don't understand and you don't, just this whole bigger world, right? And I'm just sitting there like, hmm, that guy, I don't see him as James Bond, but oh, I was so wrong there. <laughs> it's just looking back on that, it's just, it's just funny. You know, it's hilarious that you bring up First Night because, um, I, I think I watched First Night under almost the exact same circumstances. Where my mom, who my mom was also a, a a very staunch Sean Connery is James Bond kind of person, and um, she, when first night came out on uh, on pay per view, like she was like, oh, we should rent that, and she she wanted <laughs> right, um, and because I don't we missed it in theaters, I don't even remember it being advertised for theaters, and. And we ended up watching it and, and, and taping it off of uh, TV and stuff. So we'd watch it like later. Like So I, I'm familiar with that movie. It's a movie that I feel like not a lot of people like. It's not one of his best known movies, but it's it's um, it's a movie that I saw a lot in the 90s. Uh, and it, it's a film where I, he play, he plays uh, King Arthur um, and uh, believe Richard Gere's Lancelot. And it's, it's kind of a reworking of the whole, you know, like to the round table thing. Um, but you know, and uh, you know Lancelot falling in love with uh, with King Arthur's uh, woman, who's what's her name again? I can't remember. Um, but uh, and, you know, the, there's like a betrayal, but there's adventure and, and all sorts of stuff. But but yeah, that's the, I remember that movie very well. Um, uh, watching that film very well, and uh, yeah, he was the very stately King Arthur in that film. Hey, I still have a VHS in my basement that says first night on it. Like it's still there. Like we haven't like erased it or thrown it out. It's it's still there. Like one of those uh JVC blank tapes just says first night on it. That's it. <laughs> Nothing else. Uh, Nothing I'm else sure, could be put on it. <laughs> I'm sure there's something somewhere in, in our house and in, in, on a on a VHS tape that says the same thing. <laughs> um because yeah, I remember that very clearly. Um yeah, first night. That's it's an interesting movie. I I wouldn't mind revisiting that to see to see what it's like now because I it's been a long time since I've watched it. Yeah, I'm almost like curious myself to just kind of revisit that and like and just say you know how I 
how has like my perception of it changed now in like 20 years or whatever i think it's like 20 years the last time i, I saw that movie so yeah it's yeah it's i mean it's 1995 it came out so yeah um so that was uh so we talked about you know the first time we've ever you know encountered him what what are your kind of more favorite movies that you've seen of his what what are i mean probably going to go through his greatest hits anyway but what are, what are your, some of your favorite uh cadre films well just i mean if i if i have to give you a top three sean connery movies um just me personally uh hunt for red october that's obvious it's just again that's just a fun movie uh the rock i mean we'll talk about the rock in a little bit too but the rock again there's just it kind of it's almost similar in a way to Hunt for Red October and that it's just a fun movie. But, you know, The Rock is more kind of like one of those popcorn movies or it's kind of more, a little more serious than that. But it's just, The Rock is just so much fun, man. It's really, it's a movie. And again, it's a, it's a movie that I really, I was kind of hesitant to see the first time. Because when I was a kid and my mom would just rage about, oh, how great The Rock is because of Sean Connery. I'm just like, okay, well, I don't care. You know, it wasn't until I was a teenager that you know, even my my high school friends were like, "Oh, dude, you haven't seen The Rock? The Rock is so." We had the uh, we had I think do we have a DVD by then? I think we did. So I would add around to watching it, and I my first thought was, "Where the hell have I been the last like five years?" Like this is such a, a it's such a fun movie, man. Yeah, The Rock. I mean, let's face it, The Rock is probably Michael Bay's best film. Like, yeah, I, I was mean, gonna say. I mean, there's no. I, he he's not exactly a, a Hitchcock here, but so it's probably his best film. But uh, yeah, um, and what's the other part? Of, uh, the other three, uh, number three in your top three. Um, because Doctor No pretty much establishes everything that's to come for James Bond on film, and and he's the model for it. So when I revisited it just last week, I was watching it, and it's just amazing just how again he kind of takes. He's the first Bond. This is the first Bond movie, right? So it's just amazing how he pretty much established the role. He established every, not, and not just the role, he established everything that comes with James Bond. And it's just such a back on. Yeah, people could have arguments as to whether, you know, they like Pierce more or they like Daniel Craig more or Roger Moore or Sean Connery. But what you can't deny is that everybody that's come after Sean Connery has taken from Sean Connery. Of course, like you said, they bring their own flair to it. They add their own uh, ingredient to the James Bond mix, but it all started with him. And in, in one form or another, they're all taking hints from Sean Connery and the way that he established it in Dr. No. And again, adding to the legacy of Sean Connery there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get back to James Bond in, in a second. I'll just hit my top three real quick. My top three would be Last Crusade. Um, his My favorite Bond film of his is Goldfinger. And um, and then the a movie we'll talk about in a little bit, The Untouchables. Um, but go, going back to James Bond, what, what I like about this is that, so like you said, he was the first person to kind of portray James Bond in a major motion picture, and he started the whole series. And... Uh, I read somewhere, and the, the and I forget where it was. I would credit it, but the way he always portrayed Bod was as the gentleman bruiser, um, and it basically says someone who comes off like a gentleman who knows who's very suave, who's very you know debonair, but underneath it he's this thug that will beat you up 
at the drop of a hat. Um, and he, he's very unrefined when it comes to fighting and, and, and will, you know, do whatever it takes to, to beat you. Um, but on the outside shell is like this, you know, very proper English, uh, gentleman, uh, even though Connery was of course Scottish. Um, but, uh, that was one of my, that's a great description of, of his bond adventures. Um, and I feel like, Daniel Craig has been doing like an imitation of that this entire time. I'm not, and I'm not saying Daniel Craig did a bad job. And I'm not saying he's like trying to put in a phony accent or anything. And that's not what I'm saying. But I feel like he's the first actor to try and do that. Um, do that kind of version of the gentleman bruiser again. And I really wish I could remember who said that because it was such a great description of, of, the, of the Connery Bond. I mean, I can see that. You know, I never really thought of it that way, but I can definitely see where people are coming from when you really think about it. Like, you know, like, like again, well, Daniel Craig tries to be his old Bond, but I mean, you can all, you can say that about like any of the Bonds after Connery that they've kind of obviously they're trying to do kind of retain some Sean Connery to kind of almost in a way as to kind of give the role more credibility because in the audience's mind, you know, up to that point, Sean Connery is James Bond, so they kind of want to retain a little bit of that, I guess quote conneriness to kind of just maybe establish themselves a little more so I, I i can see it but the way daniel craig does it now that you really really mention it it's it, it's a little more obvious than i really let on before you know yeah because i mean you know roger moore was more was more goofy you know he's he was definitely having a lot more fun with it um then timothy dalton really got really dialed back and made him a lot more serious pierce brosnan like was more was a little more serious than Roger Moore, but he was definitely having fun with it. Uh, and then you have Daniel Craig, like I said, who really is probably the best the best um, correlation to Sean Connery. I'm not saying he's as good as, but he's the best. Like he's doing that again. He's being the the guy who looks like a gentleman and acts like a gentleman, but deep down he's just this brute and this thug. Um, and and that's kind of what I uh, appreciate about uh, about Connery's Bond. Did you, uh, what, what did you, uh, I know you said you, you revisited Dr. No this time around, um, before we, before this recording, anything else you made, you caught up with? Um, I w I was trying to do another, uh, Hunt for Red October screening. I didn't really get to that. Um, but I am trying to try to watch first night. I do have a VCR. <laughs> I think I should, you know, put first night in. I, I'm so curious how to revisit that 20 years later and just see what I think of it because, you know, it's one of those movies that I have. I don't really have fond, fond memories of it when I, from when I was a kid, but I remember it liking it just enough. And I'm wondering if that will still hold up. And I've been going through the James Bond movies. I'm going to start doing that as, you know, fingers crossed in 2021, we finally get uh, the, the new one. Um, but I've been with Dr. No, all the Bond movies, little by little, until I guess, is it April, they said? Hopefully. <laughs> but. I've we'll see what track. happens with that. Now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know anymore. I've lost track. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I revisited uh, Last Crusade. Um. Because I love Last Crusade so much, and I just love his performance in it. But I found. But I watched a new movie that I'd never seen before. You know. We want to guess which one it is. A new movie. Not new as in um. It, it came out recently, but like one I had never seen before. So if you give up the movie I watched. <laughs> Was Darby O'Gill and the Little People? <laughs> that, that one's out of nowhere. Yeah, I, because you know what? It was on. It's on Disney Plus, 
And um, oh, cool. Yeah, because it's a Disney movie. It's it's um, as far as I know, Sean Connery's only Disney film. And I was like, I'd always heard of this movie, and I heard that he's like he like sings in this movie, and I was like, I kind of want to watch like one of his first early movies before he was born, just to see what it was like. And um, the movie, <laughs> the movie's about this old man who's not uh, who who believe who like always finds these little leprechauns and is always getting into like these hijinks with them. Um, but he's about to get fired from his job as like a caretaker of this house. Um, and the person replacing him is this very young man who's, who's Sean Connery. And Sean Connery um, falls in love with the man's daughter and then it, thinks that this guy is kind of crazy for, ta- for talking about leprechauns. Uh, and then it kind of just goes on from there. Um, but during some of the scenes where he's like falling in love with the guy's daughter, uh, he's like singing. He's like singing these like Irish love songs kind of things and it's kind of it's really strange to see him in that environment because i've never seen him sing before he's got a pretty decent voice i'm not saying he's like the next you know uh you know Pavarotti or anything but he was he he could have done more musicals if he wanted to because his voice wasn't that bad his voice was pretty was pretty good um but yeah it's kind of it's really weird it's a really weird kind of you know, if you've ever watched any of those Disney live action movies from like the 50s and the 60s, you know what I'm talking about. Like the live action movies from the 50s and the 60s that aren't Mary Poppins are from Disney are all they're all so kind of weird and, and cheesy. And this is no exception. But uh, it was one of those ones that I was like, I got to see what he, I got to see what it is. You know, I got to see what it looks like. Um, and, you know, he's very young and handsome, but he's got to he, he sings a couple songs even gets in a fight and uh yeah it's 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 kind of entertaining um all said i don't know bro this has the the, it sounds like this is the quality of the simpsons version of paint your wagon bro with lee marvin doing a split so uh i don't know about that but but yeah it's it's an interesting i would i i would certainly put it on disney plus fast forward to the connery parts and just watch like ten or fifteen minutes, and then just to, just to get the flavor of it. But it, it's it's certainly interesting. You don't have to watch. The I whole. might just do that. You don't have to watch yeah. that. But it, it's it's certainly it's a, it's certainly a, an interesting little movie that that's part of its filmography. Um, I'll definitely look into that. So so let's circle back to the Rock because you mentioned the Rock. Um, that was probably it, it's interesting because you know his obviously his career started like full force with the bond movies and then his career kind of like took a little bit of a um i don't want to say a dive but like it took a little bit of a uh, it went a little bit on a downward trend uh, into the 70s then it picked up in the 80s again um you know with movies like uh uh last crusade and um uh untouchables and then um in, in, in the 90s, he got Hunt for October. And then when he hit The Rock, it was kind of like, all right, he's just going to do some action movies now. <laughs> um, and it kind of like lifted his <laughs> career for like, you know, for the last part of his first career. And um, yeah, it was, it, it's just kind of one of those things. Like he just started doing a bunch of different, you know, and some of them were bad, like, you know, The Avengers and not the Marvel Avengers, but the, the Avengers that were uh, was an old uh, British team. The British Avengers, yeah, from the from the 
1960s, and he played the bad guy in that film. And oof, that's all I can say about that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he's but the the Rock was like this like straight up action movie, and uh, he was great in it. Um, it was funny him seeing him wearing the crew cut wig, but uh, he was. <laughs> Uh, and of course, he has the very iconic line, which is not uh, which is not PG friendly right here, but but it is a very entertaining line as well, which comes kind of out of nowhere. You know, what's another wacky one that I that I remember from when I was younger. I would say because this, this came out when I was like eight years old. And I remember my uncle liking uh, Dragonheart, even though it's not really him in person. It's his voice voicing the dragon. But that's another Sean Connery movie that I think of because, I mean, his voice is just so iconic as well. That um, and I remember Dragonheart being kind of a wacky movie too. So, yeah, Dragon uh, Dennis, I think Dennis Quaid is in there, right? He's like the yeah, he's like the lead. Yeah, Dragonheart's a weird movie because it's not very good, <laughs> you know. Like yeah, kind of a bad movie. Um, and the and the effects of the dragon don't hold up to like twenty twenty standards. I remember at the time they were good. But then, like, when you watch them now, you're like, ooh, that, that's, that's rough. I mean, they're not quite, you know, The Rock and uh, Mummy Returns bad, but they're, they're pretty bad. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but, but, um, but, yeah, his voice, he plays the voice of the dragon that, in that whole movie. And the two things that I remember about that film that kind of elevate it from a bad movie to not to, like, a decent one are the score is amazing. Um, it is one of those scores that you've heard a million times, even though you don't know it, because it's one of those scores that they use. Like it's a lot of times in trailers, when a big movie's coming out in trailers, they, they don't have the score ready um, for like a big action movie or for an adventure movie or even a dramatic movie. Um, so they like reuse an old movie score to, to, um, to play for the trailer and that trailer that's that music got used in so many trailers and it got used in like, I remember it being used at the Olympics for something uh, and, and different like montages and, and video packages and things like that. A lot of them used the dragon heart music and I'm going to try to edit some of that into the show. So, so our listeners know what I'm talking about, but I guarantee you, you know, the music when you hear it, um, it's very iconic music. Um, but the other thing that uh, it's it, that I like it for, like the film for, is that even though the movie is kind of eh, the very end of the film still managed to kind of get me in the heartstrings a little bit because um, they talk about uh, how like all oh, the stars in the in the sky are like the the souls of dragons or whatever. And spoiler for a twenty four year old movie, um, the 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 Sean Connery dragon dies and like. Uh, his soul ascends to be a star, and I remember watching that. I was like, "Oh, that's got a little dusty when I watched that one." My eyes got a little, <laughs> little teared off, but yeah. but yeah, it's a weird movie. It's worth a watch, I think. Um, but it's 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 kind of strange. Yeah, that's another one of those VHSs that's somewhere in the basement in my house, but it's not a tape with you know Sharpie written on it. It's an actual, it's the actual official Dragonheart VHS release. It's down probably right next to first night bro so <laughs> i should probably take a look down there to see if, if they're not collecting dust and whatnot yeah i i believe that movie was the and i don't know why i know this but it was one of the three movies nominated for best visual effects that year alongside twister and the eventual winner 
Independence Day. <laughs> That's a great category right there. Then, um, I gotta say, I, I know how I feel about Twister, but I, I I love that movie for for different reasons. Oh no, I like I like Twister. I, Twister is a very cheesy, dumb movie, but it's the good kind of cheesy dumb, right? Like it's a movie that if it's on, I'm gonna watch it. You know, like it's it's an endlessly rewatchable movie. No, no, see, that always pops me is freaking Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> when, <laughs> when the when the the girl almost crashes into the 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 car that like you know falls right in front of her. He goes, "Did you almost hit the car? That was awesome! <laughs> I always pop at that." <laughs> he was so good. he was so good in that movie. Everybody was good. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good, that good movie. It's a quality movie. So let's talk about the Untouchables a little bit. His, uh, oh, that's a great one. The film that won him uh, after, you know, 30-some years or 20-some years, however long it was, in the business, won him his first and only Academy Award. Um, and, uh, yeah, The Untouchables, great film uh, based on the, um, the 1960s TV show or 1950s TV show, uh, and, uh, which is in itself was based on, you know, some the real-life, uh, you know, prohibition, you know, crackdowns that we had in, in the country in the 1920s. Um, but yeah, he played. Uh, what was his name in the, in the movie? Jim Jim Malone, I, I believe, that was his name. Um, and uh, he's got the great line: uh, "The they bring a knife, you bring a gun." That's the Chicago way, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of his very first Oscar, um, an only Oscar for that matter, and I believe it might have been his only nomination. Yeah, if I'm not wrong. So he only got nominated once, and he won. So. I'm just gonna oh, that, 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 one for one, man. He batting a thousand. That's great. I know that he never got nominated again or before. Like, but it's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, this is a great movie, man. Because and when I first saw and it, again when I first saw this movie, it wasn't because of Sean Connery per se. Uh, I was going through my gangster movie phase when I was in high. School. This was one of the ones that I tracked down and actually purchased just off of the star power. You know, Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, Robert De Niro, just. All alphas, I mean Andy Garcia. I still have that DVD somewhere, but uh, I never upgraded to the to Blu-ray yet. I'm waiting for. I'm hoping they do like a, a nice release for this because it, it, it's one of those movies that I think deserves it. But uh, yeah, and then watching this movie, just again, I was just so amazed by you know not just Sean Connery himself, who again just dominates any scene that he's in because he's freaking Sean Connery, but. Just great. Robert De Niro is wacky here. I, I kind of hams it up a little bit as Capone, from what I remember. But uh, I remember really enjoying his performance as well. Maybe for not the right reasons, but still. Um, but it was it was a it, this is another fun movie, man. De Niro definitely hams it up. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burned to the ground. Yeah, he hams it up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his, his this is a this is a really fun movie. It's funny the first time I ever saw. I didn't see the whole movie. The first time I ever saw a clip of it was in in film school um, because they wanted to show how the movie copied the Odessa step sequence in um, Battleship Potemkin. It's in Potemkin. Nice. Yeah, and um, and so I, then I saw it like maybe like uh, a couple years later. I rented it and I saw it that way. But yeah, it's such a fun movie, and that Odessa see that. It's like I believe they're in a train station when they pay homage to that that scene. And that's a great scene too. Like, yeah, with, with the with the, the kind of the cart slowly, the baby cart carriage going down so slowly, and the, the, all this violence and action happening around it. 
such a great, great scene. Um, and and yeah, again, he was he was awesome in that movie. Uh, uh, as Jim Malone, like this kind of uh, Scottish like uh, uh, street cop that gets part that becomes part of Elliot Ness's uh, gang of untouchables, and you know that they they crack down on crime. It was such a fun, fun movie. Like um, that that's that was one like. Of all the ones that we've talked about so far, like that's like one of the top five recommends. Like if you haven't seen that one, go out of your way to watch the Untouchables. That's one of the that's one of the best ones. Yeah, I agree. Really, really fun movie. Really awesome movie. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, you know, and again, he's got the classic line: "Like they bring a knife, you bring a gun." That's Chicago way, uh, and that's that's a great line. <laughs> um, what other movies have uh, have you you want to talk about? Um, what I want to talk about is like his his kind of appearances in the movie The Longest Day. Have you ever watched The Longest Day? Yeah, that one I haven't seen. The Longest Day is like this like three hour like movie basically about uh, World War II, specifically about the D Day, uh, and it's like one of those star studded cast movies. So it has like Henry uh... Fonda, it has John Wayne, it has Robert Mitchum, um, I think Richard Burton's in there. Um, I can't. There's a couple other people in there, but but one of the uh, one of the kind of side characters is uh, Sean Connery, and he's got a couple of uh, got a couple of lines in there that are pretty good. Um, I don't, I'm not going to ruin them now, but it's, it's it's minor roles, and it came out the same year. I think that uh, Doctor No came out, but so he wasn't quite a movie star yet. I think, but uh, he he that's one to check out. He he's not in the whole movie. He's only in like some small parts, but. They're kind of really fun, uh, really fun little moments every every time he pops up on screen. That's cool. I'll definitely look into that one too. And it's I, a great, I like I like World War Two movies, so I'll definitely look one. that up. It's like it's not like it's not gonna it's not as harrowing as like Saving Private Ryan is as far as the realism goes. Um, but it's certainly like for its time for like 1962, it does like amp up like much much more of like the chaos. Than like something from like the forties would have. Um, it's certainly like yeah. a, you know, there there's shots like you can tell are just taken by a helicopter as like uh, as all these explosions like happen everywhere, and it's 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 a very good movie um, uh, on its own right. But Sean Connery's got got a minor role in there. He, he pops up every now and then. I think it's part of the the Scottish the Scottish Army or something. Um, what else is there? There's a. Uh, uh, there's Marnie. His only time he worked with Hitchcock. Um, yeah, kind of a weird movie for Hitchcock and for Connery. I think. Have you Have you ever watched Marnie? I've seen Marnie. Not in yeah. a long time, but I've seen it. It's It's a weird one, right? Because it's not really a suspense movie like Hitchcock was known for. Yeah. Um, and the 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 plot was kind of so. Basically, it's about this woman who like this is kind of like a sexless woman that like. Does not like the touch of men, but Sean he gets she gets married to Sean Connery, and it's kind of more of like a psychological thing where he tries to find out like about her past and what's going on with her. It's kind of rapey at one point. <laughs> yes, that's but right. It's it's, uh, it's it's interesting because it happened after uh, it came out after he was already known for being James Bond, and it's funny because he kind of plays Bond in this film. He like. He he's not he's still playing kind of the, the smooth, suave character, um, and it's a, it's an interesting film. I I don't know. It's not my favorite Hitchcock movie, it, and it's one of the it's, it's 
but it's an interesting Hitchcock movie. And I think I have to watch it a few more times to kind of get it. Because I've, I've watched it, I think, two or three times now, and I'm still not, it's, I'm still not there with it. You know, it's still kind of like, yeah. it's like, it's almost kind of one of those things where they're like, there's something wrong with me that I'm not seeing this right. You know what I mean? Like, because he's doing something here, but I'm not getting it, you know? Yeah, with, I mean, again, I don't really remember Marnie that much from when I watched this, so that, that's another one that's due for a rewatch. Uh, so I'll definitely uh, look that one up, too, because, I mean, it, it, it's been a while. Um, and, of course, uh, we've got to talk about Highlander. Uh, <laughs> it can be only one. That's right. That one that I actually I've only seen it recently for the first time. I think within the last maybe like five, six or so years. It was when uh I've been collecting the Mondo steelbooks that come out every so often. And Highlander, I think, was number eight, number nine, which has some really cool artwork on it. So that's I purchased it mainly for the collection, but I was like, oh, you know what? I finally have Highlander. Never seen it. Why don't I give it a whirl? And what a wacky movie, man. It's such a wacky '80s movie, you know, like this. But it's awesome, though. It's like blend it's between '80s science, awesome. Yeah, blend between like science fiction and fantasy. I mean, think about it. You have a uh, you have Connery and Chris Lambert. How can you go wrong? <laughs> and Queen. And Queen, bro. That's right. And the fabulous Freebirds. And <laughs> that's right, bro. Which is why is that scene there? That makes I, no I, sense. It makes no sense, bro. But it's awesome. Um, but what I love about this is that it, it Highlander is kind of a cheesy movie, but it's like one of those movies that once you see it, you kind of love it, even though it's so super cheesy, but it's just so cheesy in an endearing way. Um, and they are, the, the movie's really fun. Um, but yeah, what I always found amusing is Sean Connery, a Scottish actor, plays a Spaniard. Who is <laughs> who is the reincarnation of an Egyptian? So, which which you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> while while Christopher Lambert is a Frenchman who was playing a Scot, <laughs> and and this is gonna we, we can use this for treatment. Like we can we can go we can ask someone what's the only movie. That has both Sean Connery and you know, like, what other movie is there that that has those two guys? <laughs> the, the answer is none. Well, Highlander too. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you might be right about that, but uh, which is a terrible movie. Um, but yeah, Highlander. That's a fun movie. It's it's um, and you could tell when you were watching that that he was just having like he was kind of like just having fun with it being super hammy with it you know what i mean like he wasn't necessarily taking it seriously which you really don't in one of those movies and he's just kind of having fun with it i i i appreciate his performance in that film yeah the paycheck movie versus the art movie as ben affleck said i think in dogma or one of those movies (laughs) um any uh you ever see outland no i've never seen Outland. outland is a great film it's it's one of his underrated movies i think um, it's basically the, um, it's basically high noon in space. Uh, it's about like him being a sheriff of like the space station basically. And you know, there are bad guys coming and he's got to take, it, it takes place in more or less real time. 
and he's waiting for them to come, and he's the only person willing to stand up to these guys and, and take them down. Um, but it's a science fiction movie, but it's really it's literally just the plot of High Noon, but in space. Um, and it's 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 pretty fun. It's a pretty fun movie, I think. Oh, Peter Boyle's in that. Cool. I like Peter Boyle. You can check uh, that out. That looks interesting. Yeah, it's fun. I would give it a rent or 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 a or a stream or whatever you want to call it these yeah. days. But yeah, it's 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 a pretty fun movie. What else do we have here? Um, just looking through my list of movies I've seen. Uh, Finding Forrester. That was one of the la- one of his last ones. More of a dramatic role. Uh, it's been a right. while since I saw it. I, I don't remember the plot that well. I just remember he's like kind of like a reclusive writer, um, and he kind of takes a liking to like this kid. But I forget what what happens in the film. Do you remember? Did you have you seen it? Uh, that one I haven't seen. Although. The one that he did before Funny Forcer and Trapman, I do remember a little bit because I think one of, one of the ones that we ordered on pay-per-view because of Sean Connery. <laughs> uh, and I remember thinking, eh, I mean, I was kind of bored a little bit, but again, this was like I was, how old was I, like 11, 12? I really didn't care at that point. We ordered it because of my mother, because of Sean Connery. Uh, but I haven't revisited it since, but I know it's in him, and it's like one of those, like, I guess it's spy movie or what i don't know but uh, that's another one I, I think i should look up and see if i could if i were... yeah you know i haven't seen entrapment in a long time i will never only image i remember from that movie is is you know Catherine zeta jones like in her cat suit getting through all the like laser the lasers right yeah of course yeah like that's the only and that that i think is when everyone was like who's this Catherine zeta jones lady and that's how that's like what made her a star um that's the only I don't remember anything else from that movie. I really don't like <laughs> uh, I don't remember what Sean Connery was in up there doing in that movie. It's been so long since I saw it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so those are some of the more ones towards the end. And of course, he ended his career with, um, unfortunately, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which was. Oh. Let's say kindly a bad movie. <laughs> um, and and I believe not only. Did he? I think he ended it because of that film, if I'm not mistaken, because the movie, because the experience was so bad and the movie ended up being so bad. That's why he retired. I heard that that's the scuttlebutt. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but that's like the prevailing theory that, you know, he had such a horrible tie with this movie that it kind of just he just said to himself, you know what? I think I'm just going to hang it up after this because I don't want to go through this again. Uh, yeah, he, he just found the whole film, like, um, I mean, first of all, the, the film, the, the quality of the film was bad. Um, he, 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 uh, he found the production itself frustrating. Um, and he said he could tell, like, during the production that everything was going bad. Apparently the, uh, the director, um, he was not getting along with the director and the, and, and, uh, um, everything was just going wrong and then you could tell in the, in the final product that it was that it was going wrong um yeah but after that he's like yeah i'm done with this um so he was interestingly approached for a couple different movies that he never, that didn't appear in he was approached to be uh gandalf in lord of the rings um but he turned it down saying he didn't understand it um and he was approached to be the architect in the matrix reloaded um and I don't know why he turned that down. Probably because he didn't understand it either. But because nobody, <laughs> what the heck is saying. 
and he did some voices for uh, Bond in, I think, the From Russia with Love video game, um, which I'd never played. Um, but yeah, after that, he, um, yeah, he, he hasn't done anything. Like, he's, he was just kind of happy being retired. He got an AFI Lifetime Achievement Award a few years later. Um, and he declined to be in Indiana Jones 4, which would have probably made that movie a little better. Yeah, I think so. Um, just, his, again, just having his presence there, I think would have just, it would have bumped it from, it would have bumped it a whole star, bro. That's how powerful Sean the whole movie by one star. Yeah. And, you know, I don't hate uh, Chris Descal as much as everyone else does. Uh, I think there are a lot of bad parts of the film, but overall, I, I don't I don't hate it. But if Connery would have been in there, I think it would have been much more enjoyable. I don't hate it either, but there's just certain parts that you're just like, yeah, why? Yeah, like the, mon- you know? the monkeys and, the, and the, the ants are stupid. And, yeah. It's just, yeah, this is just a lot of dumb crap in um, but uh, but I it, on a on a superficial level, I guess I, I like it. Yeah. So let, let's let's not end on a bad note. Um, let's let's go back. Any any other any other m- films that we didn't talk about here that that you want to kind of highlight? Uh, for me personally, no, because the ones that we touched on, even that we even said like you know one thing about, I think those are the ones that I really remember. From him. I mean, obviously, he's, like we talked about, he's had such a long that it's a little bit impossible to go through everything. But, I mean, the ones that we, we focus on, like Hunt for Red October, the James Bond movies, The Rock, uh, The Untouchables, Highlander, uh, Indiana Jones. Like, that's what he's going to be remembered for the most, I think. Even though he's done all these other great movies, like even ones that we haven't talked about, like A Bridge Too Far, Murder on the Orient Express. You know, we haven't talked about those, but... I think the ones that we mentioned are the ones that, when you think of Sean Connery, those are the first ones that are going to come to mind. Yeah, there are a couple that like I haven't seen um, that I definitely want to check out. Like you said, um, Murder on the Orient Express I have seen, but it was so long ago I may not as well have seen it. You know what I mean? So because it's, it's, I mean, I've read the book, so I know how it ends. I saw the the remake that from a few years ago, but like I I've definitely have seen that '70s version with Sean Connery. But again, it was so long ago that I it's I should probably just rewatch it because I I don't even I don't remember anything. Um, but the, some of the other ones like um, the name of the rose I never saw I never got around to seeing that. Um, the man who would be king I haven't gotten around to see. Like you said, a bridge too yeah. far. The hill it's another one that gets brought up a lot. Um, and Robin and Marion also gets brought up a lot uh, as as one of his best ones. Um, great train robbery I've never seen either. Um, so yeah, there's, there's some stuff there that, that, that need, that could be watched. Um, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. So there's some stuff that, uh, that I still need to do my homework on. I, I, I still say you should see a little bit of Darby and Darby O'Gill and the little people just to see him sing. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. like, um, but yeah, I, I think his legacy is going to be one of those, uh, you know, he's a very, man's man kind of actor you know um he 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 did he was a movie star um he's more of a movie star than an actor i would say because he wasn't really he didn't have necessarily a lot of range but he did what he did very well you know what i mean um uh, like i think practically the theme of this episode is just how how much just the presence of sean connor just how 
much larger than life he was. Not just as a person, not just as an actor, but just as a professional, just as a as as a character on a on a movie screen. The way he kind of just took up that space and owned it, man, and that that was just such an inspiration to watch. Like, what an honor it was to be able to witness him his years. Like, it really is. Like, just to be able to see such a talent at work like that. I mean, it's rare to be honest, and we're lucky enough to be able to have witnessed it. Like, these guys don't come around. You know, all that often. They're not a dime a dozen. So um, I think we're going to go ahead and uh, end our tribute here to Mr. Uh, to Sir, to Sir Sean Connery, um, who was a fine movie star. He was James Bond. He was Indiana Jones, uh, Professor Indiana Jones's father, Professor Henry Jones. Um, and, you know, one of the great actors of his generation, one of the great movie stars of the generation and uh, an indelible part of, of movie history. Absolutely, and he will sorely be missed. I mean, they don't they don't make them like that anymore. So, absolutely. All right, rest in peace, Sir Sean Connery. Uh, stay tuned um, for our Chinatown episode, which will be out shortly after this episode drops. Uh, and uh, until then, see you later. You're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. Thank you, but I think my mouth is too big. No, it's the right size. For me, that is. Who are you? My name is Pussy Galore. I must be dreaming. Once. What do the Nazis want with you, Dad? They wanted my diary. Yeah? I knew I had to get that book as far away from me as I possibly could. Yeah. Yes. yes. I will take the book now. What, what book? book? You have the diary in your pocket. <laughs> you don't. Do you think my son would be that stupid that he would bring my diary all the way back here? <laughs> you didn't, did you? You didn't bring it, did you? Well, uh, you did. Look, can we discuss this later? I should have mailed it to the Marx brothers. Will you take it easy? You said you wanted to know how to get Capone. Do you really want to get him? You see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to do? Everything within the law. And then what are you prepared to do? If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared to go all the way. Because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. You want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Have you ever seen the seagulls flying over heaven? All the crimson sails in Galway Bay, the fishermen unfurl. Oh, the earth is filled with beauty And it's gathered all together In the form and face and dainty grace Of a pretty Irish girl Oh, she is my dear, my darling one Her eyes so sparkling, full of fun No other, no other can match the likes of her 
She is my dear, my darling one, my smiling and big island one. I love the ground she walks upon, my darling Irish girl.